Studying, staying up, a little self-scouting, been hitting the, the film room. Yeah. Uh, I've determined I need to cheer harder during the game, especially when things are going bad. When things are going poorly for the Chiefs, I just get real quiet. I don't do anything. Yeah, you got to let them know. Yeah. You know, it's like Russ Wilson said, you got to let them know. Let them know, guys. Let them know. What did you do during the bite week? Um, you know, I, I took uh, a little self-care, rested my voice, rested my uh, frayed nerves, mm. took in some garbage throws in a football. Nice. You can appreciate a bad game if your teams weren't involved. Oh yeah, no, I I definitely want to appreciate a bad game. It's been and a, it's been a good year for bad. It's football. been a good year for bad football. That's Tom Brady. Right, a lot of bad football out there. Yeah, um, I didn't watch any of it, but I very much enjoyed the result of the Halloween Bowl. Um, the orange and black Browns versus the orange and black Bengals. Mm-hmm. Very festive colors. And I appreciate for the Bengals, that. it was a nightmare. Yeah. That's bad. I see what you did there. Yeah. Halloween themed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if we want to get right into the Bengals, but I think the listeners know I've got some hot takes about them. Yeah. But we do have an opponent coming up yeah, we next do. week. This is Chiefs football again this week. Yeah. Thank goodness. Big game. Sunday night football. We're playing the Fighting Tractorcitos. Mm. It's the Tennessee Titans. The uh, Tennessee Derrick Henrys. I believe they should be called. Let me ask you this question. Am I wrong to not be as afraid of the Titans as I have been in recent years? Oh, no. You'd be you'd be completely correct to not be as afraid of them. Um, they are one of the teams that sorely misses trading away their star wide receiver. Um, A.J. Brown sent him to Philadelphia, and they have not really been able to replace him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not been all of their issues. They've had a lot of other problems. Um, but yeah, this is not the the Titans teams of yesteryear that would you know really kill you on the ground and then dice you up in the play action. Yeah, I'm just not afraid. And you know, we talked about this. They were the number one seed last year in the AFC playoff field. Isn't that yeah. correct? People forget. People forget, but they were. It just feels like forever ago since. I feel like actually it hasn't really been since the Chiefs beat them in the AFC Championship game that I was really afraid of the Titans. And it was just like, how are we going to stop this running game and the downfield passing attack? Mm-hmm. It feels like, in order, Ryan Tannehill turned back into a pumpkin, and then they traded away A.J. Brown, which is looking super suspicious now. Like, why would you do that? Mm-hmm. And they got Traylon Burks, but he's injured, I believe, and hasn't quite lived up to the hype. And when your receivers aren't really hitting, and Tannehill's not really hitting, and all it's, it's only about track Cito, I, I'm not as afraid. And also, I think the defense is holding off. Yeah. Now, it worked for them last week. They played the Texans, and I think Derrick Henry ran for, like, 200 yards on them. Well, let's go back to the first part of that proposition. Yeah. Yeah. Texans. Um, so, he's still a crazy offensive weapon. I've always been a 
big fan of Derrick Henry going mm-hmm. this is like kind of strange, but going all the way back to the days like before he was even like the starting running back for the Titans, back when he was like splitting time with I can't remember his name now, but some other guy. Marco Murray. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's true. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Um Yeah, I don't know. I've always been kind of infatuated with him. Um, if that's the correct word. He's kind of a throwback. He he's such an interesting player, and there's really nobody like him in the NFL. Uh I I honestly think he might be my favorite skill position player that's not on the Chiefs. That's kind of just wild. like enjoy watching them. Wow, because I just I don't know I love his game. He's such a, a imposing, intimidating looking player, mm-hmm. and whenever he gets going, he will just absolutely wreck you. That is that that last part you said is I think the key is whenever he gets going. Yes, uh, I think teams kind of if you get him let it, let him. Get like warmed up. If you let him into your defensive backfield at all, you're screwed. Yes. Don't let him hit that second level. Now, the way the Chiefs have played this recently, in recent years, even when our defense wasn't very good, uh, it felt like we were able to contain Derrick Henry. And I think that's really largely due to one man, Nick Bolton. Mm. This is kind of when we knew he was real last year. That was it was his breakout game. Absolutely. Whenever whenever he held uh, he and the Chiefs defense, we'll give everyone else credit, I guess. Held Derrick Henry to like what less than fifty yards. It was insane. Yeah, they just had like an insane amount of like tackles and for a loss against Derrick Henry. He was getting you know visually annoyed by it. Yeah, and that's that's kind of Nick Bolton's game. He, he, you know how there are certain matchups where even a really good player like kind of gets negated by another really good player, or one team's strength is negated by another team's perfectly opposed mm-hmm. strength. I think that's kind of what we got going on with these two. It's like. Nick Bolton's game is he's going to meet you in the hole. He's going to tackle very firmly. He's maybe even going to get in the backfield. So he's like the perfectly designed defensive player to stop um, Derrick Henry from getting a full head of steam. Yeah, that's a really good point. I haven't really considered that, but it is very much like a rock meeting a hard place type situation with those two. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, that being said, everyone's going to focus on Derrick Henry for this game. That's not my biggest concern, though. This might surprise you. You know what my biggest concern in this game is? What? The Tennessee defensive line. They're probably the most underrated defensive line. They are really good. They're very aggressive. They're really big and physical. Um, they're very imposing. Do they have pass rushers who could win immediately? Um, kind of. Okay. I don't know. They don't have like the finesse type pass rusher that's going to get back to real fast, like you know a D four type or a, or a, Bosa. a Bosa that type of player. Um, but they have just a lot of guys that are absolute wrecking balls, and they're going to get back there. Um, maybe not like home run hitters, but uh, this is not a team. This is not a team where Mahomes can be holding the ball on the pocket. Okay, but yeah, I mean that's that's the way to beat the Chiefs is to be able to put good pressure on the four guys and then drop, drop everyone else into coverage. Yeah, that's kind of the way to beat everybody. But yeah, but I feel take. like if they've got some time. Then the Chiefs can usually find or like scheme a man open. Yes. If it's one of those things where every snap there's going to be one guy just coming free, that's going to kind of screw up with the Chiefs' offense. Yeah. Now I don't think the Tennessee defense, or excuse me, the secondary is really anything to worry about too much. Yeah. Um, so this is going to be very much a game of let's get the ball out quick, uh, and just don't let those guys tee off on you. Mm-hmm. Now I feel a lot better about it because we just played the Forty ers who also have an incredible defensive line. So we've shown that we can do that. So we'll see how they do this week. And that's my biggest concern. Like we talked about in last week's pod, I mean, we effectively negated Nick Bosa by scheming around him. 
Yeah. So it feels like if even if the Chargers or sorry, man, the Titans had someone like that, we could probably scheme around. And Jeffrey Simmons, right. he's a monster. Isn't he basically like a Chris Jones equivalent in the middle of the defensive line? I think so. Um, but yeah, he's he's incredible. They just have a really good defensive line that will absolutely bully you if they can. Mm-hmm. So I think we gotta I think we gotta do basically the similar game plan to last week. Maybe not necessarily directed around one guy as much, mm-hmm. but just, you know, have a lot of plays that can kind of scheme around the defensive line, make them think, make them hesitate, uh, that kind of stuff. If we can do that, I think we'll be fine. You know, in years past, uh, or at least I should say at the end of last year and the start of this year, like heading into this year, I considered the Chiefs' offensive line to be a strength. Yeah. Do you think that's still true? Is the offensive line still a strength, or is it just pretty mediocre? Um, I think it still is. Um, I think it's still it's still definitely above league league average. Mm-hmm. I think they just had a couple of kind of poor performances, and we played a really good. Uh, set of defensive lines. I think mm-hmm. that's kind of making them look not as good as they probably are. Um, but yeah, I still think it's a strength. I think I do think they're kind of still meshing a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, still kind of figuring some things out schematically. But yeah, I don't think I don't think it's a weakness. Uh, and I think it's something that can get better as the season goes on. I tell you this: I'm glad we did not pay Orlando Brown top tier tackle money in the offseason. Yeah. Because two reasons. One, I don't think he was going to be worth it. And two, I do not think he's going to get it if he tries to get a contract with us this offseason. Yeah. I mean, his problem is it's the same thing that we knew whenever we got him. Is that, like, is he really, is his physical skill set really suitable to a tackle? Where you need to get out and block in a little bit more space out there. you got to have a little more quickness. Mm-hmm. Um, based on having him for two years, I'm not, I'm not sure if that's the case. Um. So we'll we'll see. I, I think he can play better than he has been, for what it's worth. Yeah. Another note on the tackles. Uh, I believe I heard today that uh, Lucas Yang is back in practicing, looking good out there. Now, is he going to come back this week, or is he back to practicing? He has been. I forget what the terminology is, but basically, he's been taken off the the IR. Okay. So like, he has to come back in the next like three weeks or so. Mm, okay. Um. And generally, with the way they time that, like once he's off the IR, it probably means he's going to come back pretty quick. Okay. So we could see him in there. I don't expect him to come in and like take Wiley's job right away. But if you're looking for a way to improve the offensive line, that's probably your best hope right now. There was not a time not that long ago we were looking at Lucas Yang as like the future of the position and like a a, a high ceiling player. Yeah, we spent a third round draft pick on him. Yeah, it'd, it'd be encouraging if he's able to come and, and breathe a little life into that spot. Because right now, that's that's kind of the weak link, I think. And it's just hard to get excited about Andrew Wiley. It, yeah, it's the weak link of the offensive line. Uh, well, I mean, Browns has issues as well. Yeah. Um, but it's not like, you know, a gaping hole there. where Like, why, like I, was, I was saying earlier, with offensive linemen, you just want him to not kill you. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, he's been doing that. Um, so it's not like he's coming in and taking like a, some scrubs job. It's like, he's going to have to be good yeah, to get there. I'm still really hoping between Yang and, uh, Darius Kennard, the guy we drafted, or Darian Kennard, the guy we drafted this past draft, uh, one of those guys will step up and be like a right tackle of the future. What happened to Kennard? Did he get hurt or is he just hadn't really he's, shown I think up? He's just taken a while to develop. I think he was, yeah, he was a rookie, fairly raw coming out of Kentucky, even though he was a, he was a great lineman in college. He just had some refinement to his game needs. I feel like they've got opposite problems. Like Yang is a, a good pass protector, 
but not very good in their own game. And I think Kennard's just the opposite. Well, Yang's biggest problem is just staying on the field. That's true. That guy, he's got kind of a, a different build where he's very top-heavy. I don't even really know what he looks like because I've hardly seen him. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm just kind of worried that you know there, there are some people that either the way they're built or they're you know just put together. I don't know. They just like they can't stay healthy, and I'm I'm worried that's Lucas Yang. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Any more Titans talk? We could. I sp- don't think so. You good? Yeah. Um. Do you want to spend just a minute or two talking about trade deadline stuff? I do. Um. We'll start off with. Uh, do you think the Chiefs should have done more at the trade deadline? Because they really didn't do much, even if you include kind of the Kadarius Tony trade in there. Yeah. Um, I think I in a perfect world, I would like to have added a pass rusher. Mm. I think that's the biggest weakness of the Chiefs right now. I don't know if I would have wanted to trade multiple picks, including a first-round pick, to get one. And that was really the only option that would have moved the needle. Like if we yeah. went and traded for Josh Allen or Brian Burns, then that would have taken a first round pick and change. And oh, I, it wouldn't have been changed. You're yeah. talking like two first for Brian Burns and maybe Josh Allen as well. Yeah, I, I would not have been happy if the Chiefs had made. I, I would, I would pretend I was happy, but I would not have thought it was a good deal. No, uh, and if it, the Chiefs had done that. It doesn't fit like the team be, team building strategy that we're adopting right now. Right, it's very much long term thinking. Um, I myself, I'm a little surprised we didn't add anybody at pass rush, mm-hmm. um, but it's hard for me to point to one guy that ended up being on the trading block that's like, oh, I wish we got him. Yeah. I, I figured we might have gone for like a a second-tier defensive lineman pass rusher, yeah. like maybe like Montez Sweat from the Commanders or something. Well, the last um, couple of years, there's always been somebody. Like whenever we won the Super Bowl, I think, who was it, Suggs who we yeah. had? And... And last year, it was Melvin Gordon that came in. Well, we kind of already got that guy on the roster in Carlos Dunlap. Like, Melvin Ingram? Yeah, Melvin Ingram. still never get those two straight. Um, did you say Melvin Gordon? I think I did, yeah. Uh, no, he's a terrible pass rusher. That's their fault. That's not me. Uh, no, but like, the Chiefs always have like one mostly washed, but you know, can still get a good play in now and again uh, pass rusher. And I think that's Carlos Dunlap this year. I think so, too. I think we need, we need, we do need to figure out the future of that position. That's probably one that needs to be addressed in the next draft or two or free agency. Mm-hmm. So you've got Carl Ops on the other side, but, you know, Frank Clark's not the answer. Mike Dan's not the answer. Josh Kando is, I think he's in his second year and was hurt a lot of last year, so we'll see. But there's not a lot of upside there that I can see. Um, yeah. So we'll see. Definitely something to look at in the future. That said, I was very happy with Kadarius Tony. Yes, let's talk about that for a bit. Um I'm really high on this trade. I'm very excited about it. He's a guy that I saw some of his highlight plays while he was on the Giants. I was like, that's one of the very first guys I've ever seen play and be like, that kind of looks like Tyreek Hill. Yeah. His short area quickness and speed is insane. Yeah. Um, gosh, I'm, I'm so excited about him. I think he's going to be fantastic against uh, man coverages because he has that speed and that short area quickness. Which that is... The, you know, quote-unquote way to beat the Chiefs right now is man coverage. Something we've been seeing quite a bit, yeah. And we've been dealing with it decently well on our own. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about him. Uh, we didn't give up very much for him. We gave up a, a compensatory third, which is basically a, you know, three-and-a-half rounder. Which, if I'm correct, we got that because uh, a the Bears hired a scout from Ryan, us for Ryan the GMs. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's found money. Yeah, I guess so. 
Um, so it the the risk is so low. You've got him on like a rookie, a cheap rookie contract for, like, for a couple of years, and there's a first round, uh, fifth round option. Yeah, fifth year option because he's first round pick. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited about it. The risk is very low. Um, what do you think he's going to add to the offense this year? You know, we've talked about how the Chiefs have tried to basically kind of build a Tyree kill by committee with like MVS's deep speed, Juju Smith, Schuster's intermediate, um, like physical route running, or, you know, like basically it's a possession receiver and then, uh, McColl's kind of gadgetry. I feel like Kadarius Tony is, like, like you said, not, he's not Tyreek Hill, but he's more like, he doesn't have one aspect of Tyreek Hill's game. He's got really good elements of all of that. Mm-hmm. He's just, you know, probably in the 70 to 80% of what Tyreek Hill was. Yeah. It's hard to slap a percentage on it. I just think, like, just watching him, you know, run and mm-hmm. the plays that he can make, I'm like, that's an incredible talent. He was, he's a, more, let's put it this way, he's more well rounded than any of our other yeah. receivers, I think. Yeah. Now he's got, some downsides. There's a reason that we got him for so cheap. Yeah, and the price reflects that they wanted him out of town. Yeah, no, things had very much fallen out with him. Uh, now, what's strange is that was mostly with the previous regime. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Brian Dayball, I mean, I think he just kind of inherited a bad situation there. Um, so it's, it's hard to judge that from the outside. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very excited about the potential for him. I'm way more excited about him than, like, honestly, the prospect of adding, like, an OBJ or, you know, Josh Gordon from last year. Yeah. Any of those guys. Like, I'm, this is the first one on, like, this guy could actually make a difference. He feels like he could hang around for a while. Yeah. I don't know how big the role is going to be this year because, uh, you know, it takes a long time to learn Andy Reid's rulebook as mm-hmm. a wide receiver. Um, I, I think he'll get some manufactured touches, though. And I think he'll have some big plays for us. Yeah, it kind of feels like this feels to me like he is squeezing out McCole Hardman both this year and like going forward. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. This this could be your McCole Hardman replacement and maybe like a supercharged version of him. Yeah. Also, this it, it's easy to look at this and say, oh, well, it's the Brett Beach special. We're getting someone else's reclamation project from a first round pick. I think this is a little more than that. Yes. I feel like this was a guy the Chiefs apparently were interested even in like the, the pre-draft process mm-hmm. and paid probably a bit more premium than other guys. And we just took a flyer. You know, this isn't ready Ragland. It's not, um, yeah, I don't know. Did we like Cam Irving, all these weird guys who were first round picks and we just like, well, I don't know, they, they kind of sucked for three years, but let's try it. This is more like an investment in a player. The chiefs wish they had gotten the first time around. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm very high on it. I think, I could see, I don't know if it's going to be this year, mm-hmm. but I think maybe this year, maybe next year, uh, people are going to look back and be like, I can't believe the Chiefs got him for that dra- draft compensation. I hope so. Um, I, don't, I don't really expect him to develop into like a superstar wide receiver like Tyreek, but I think he could be like a really significant contributor for us. Maybe wide receiver three, maybe even two. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm just very excited about it. Yeah, me too. Um... So do we want to kind of do a rapid fire on trade deadline deals? That's kind of our, our segue into State of the League. Yeah, I didn't I don't know. I didn't everyone was talking about like, oh, that's such a crazy trade deadline. It didn't feel that crazy to me. I, think I the, mean, the, well, it was all guys that we thought were gonna be moved for the most uh, part. I don't I don't know if I agree with that. I think a couple of them were unforeseen and where they landed was weird. Who what deals surprised you? 
Uh, let's see. Well, okay, Christian McCaffrey kind of surprised me a little bit. Really? I mean, I know like the Panthers, who's going to be traded. Yeah, I know the Panthers coach got fired, but I'm, I'm a little bit surprised they moved him. I'm I'm still amazed someone gave up a lot of money or a lot of draft capital for a running back, even a very good one. I still don't think running backs are worth drafting or giving second contracts very much at all. Yeah, no, it's probably not a smart move for the 49ers to do that in the long term. Mm-hmm. In the short term, though. Oh my gosh, him in that system is going to be incredible if he can stay healthy. I, I think the 49ers are one of the best Super Bowl contenders in the NFC Yeah, with that trade having been made. I think there were some teams that, that were buyers of the deadline that I would have considered sellers. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking particularly of the Bears trading for Chase Claypool from the Steelers and the Jaguars trading for Calvin Ridley from the Falcons. Both of those teams, I feel like, maybe you, you can't say that they're sellers. Like, I think the Falcons have a shot at that division because the division is very bad. Everybody's got a shot at that division. And I feel like the <laughs> Bears are building something. So if they're, if they're getting pieces for the future, that's, that's understandable. But I would, not have think, I would not have thought of them being like, yes, let's go get some developed talent right now. Uh, yeah. That, that just that was out of character to me. Uh, so the Jags, Calvin Ridley, he's suspended for the rest of the year. This year, so that mm-hmm. was not a 2022 move. Then why do it now? That's the strange part. Yeah. I don't really know. Um, on either side, I don't mm-hmm. really know. I don't know why the Falcons wouldn't just sit on it and trade him later. Maybe they figured. I don't know. I'm really, I'm really not sure, certain. Um, mm-hmm. The timing is strange. The trade makes sense though. Uh, the Jags, they have to pay a premium on star positions. Because their team is crap and the market is kind of crap. Uh, that's why you saw the crazy Christian Kirk deal. Uh, so I think it makes sense from their perspective. Uh, is that the, the Jaguars' problem? Is wide receiver? Um, yes, it, it's a problem. Okay. It's one of many. Um, that, that Wide receiver always feels like, a, like that's the last piece to me that you had. Like once, you get a, once you get your offensive line in decent shape, once you get your franchise quarterback... In that order, by the way, don't get your franchise quarterback and try to get him killed because of bad line. Bengals. But then toward the end, like like I feel like corners, it's not corners, um, wide receivers, really any offensive skill positions, it's like that's when you, what you add once you have a good foundation in place. Yeah, I, I agree that in years past that's the way it is. Um, the wide receiver market's just been very strained the last year or two, mm-hmm. especially last year where you saw so many people get moved. Um, I think this. I think both the Jags and the Bears um, were acquiring wide receivers because they have young quarterbacks and they want to see what they have in those quarterbacks. And I can't really argue with that mentality. I guess that is the, the the common denominator is they've got young quarterbacks who are struggling. It yes. is. Let's see if this is something that fixes them in the next couple of years. Yes. And I've, I've got some takes on Justin Fields, but I'll, I'll save those for later. Okay. In the if we have a little time at the end, I want to do Jonathan's. What other big takes we have? Um, the Vikings traded for TJ Hawkinson within the division. Yeah, I don't think that within the division, I don't think that matters as much if you're like a team like the Lions where like you're not going to win that division. Yeah, it's just it's hard for me to imagine the Chiefs trading with any of the division partners or any other other division teams in the AFC West. I can't mm-hmm. remember I can't remember the last time it happened. Yeah, I don't know. I I just don't really think it matters that much. Yeah. I think it says quite a bit about what the Lions thought about him. Mhm. Um, the Vikings are a strange team. They're six and one, but nobody talks about them like they're a good team. Not mm. even like a, the question is not even like are they a great team. It's like are they even good? 
But they're six and one. I think it's because we like ever since that like Minneapolis miracle season. Case Keenum's like we've seen this show a couple times. Yeah, where the Vikings will look competent and then will not be. I agree, but new coaching staff. Mm. I feel like that you change kind of who's at the top that changes the whole vibes of the building. Maybe I'm not. I'm not saying the Vikings are great, but they're probably going to win that division. Um, I mean, the be- the next best team is the the sorry Packers at three and five. So I just I feel well. Yeah, that's true. I feel like Kirk Cousins is like the the Alex Smith Memorial quarterback, just good enough to get you beat. Good enough to get you there, not yeah. good enough to win. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't. So that, that's my that's my lack of faith in the Vikings. And by the way, like you just mentioned, that division's been weak. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I feel like it's kind of topic right now. I don't. I won't. I'm not saying they're like a Super Bowl contender, but I think they're gonna be a playoff team. So. Let me just mention here: we've talked about kind of the dearth of talent at the tight end position in the NFL. Yeah, where it's like really, it's just like Kelsey, Kittle, sometimes Darren Waller, Mark Andrews occasionally, uh, allegedly Kyle Pitts, even though no one's seen that happen. Waller's fallen off pretty hard this year. Yes, um, a couple of years ago. There were supposed to be two superstar tight ends out of Iowa in Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson. And they've both been traded. Wah, wah. And I, I, I'm not even going to say if they've been bad. It's just like that, that's remarkable to me to see both of them traded before the rookie contracts up. Kyle Pitts sucks, apparently. Or at least, uh, you know, okay. his head coach seems discussion, to so. But Kyle Pitts is not utilized the right way. Is he? They, they're having him block out there. He's supposed to be the best receiving tight end yeah. possibly ever. And. They should they should trade him. the The Chiefs need to acquire a. Okay, obviously there's no tight, there's no Travis Kelsey replacement, but yeah. we're going to need a new tight end here at some point. Yeah, you're right. But I would love for them to go get Kyle Pitts. Obviously, that's a bit of a you know, dream. But um, Mike Gesicki from the Dolphins. Yeah, he's one of those pass catching tight ends that's not really being utilized like that either. I know you shouldn't wait until what, this is a problem. Like you shouldn't wait until Travis Kelsey starts to fall off to find a guy to start developing. But also, Travis Kelsey has not fallen off at all. No, like I, you might say that he's not as fast as he once was, but whatever he's lost in speed, he's definitely made up for in like route running savvy. Like that and guy just is like every his, bit as productive as ever. His mind meld with Mahomes is such an intangible thing. Um, yeah, he's he's still at the height of his like he, he's shown throughout his career he's he can avoid taking hits. Um, I just I don't know. Short of a you know, you know, knock on wood, short of a catastrophic injury, I just don't see what's going to really keep him from being productive all the way up to his like mid thirties. What's the thing about tight ends is they can be productive even when they get up there in age because yeah. they're bigger bodies, a little more durable. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have to put quite as much strain on them as far as like their speed. Yeah, and yeah, I, I think Travis Kelsey he's going to be. Pretty old and still finding soft spots in the zone for the Chiefs. My thing is, and to use a cross-sport analogy here, um, Yadier Molina just retired from the Cardinals at the start of this month. This month that we're in now, like two days ago. I'm pretty sure they drafted his replacement like in 2010 or something. <laughs> because they were just like, well, we got to be ready for whenever Yadier retires. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of what the Chiefs would do like right now. Like we had... I feel like Noah Gray was the first one where I thought, okay, he might be an eventual Kelsey replacement. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, I think we're going to either... I mean, for one, Noah Gray's not really shown out yet. But I, I don't think he's the one. I think I think Kelsey's going to continue to overshadow Noah Gray throughout his career with the Chiefs. 
Yeah. Never know. Yeah. Uh, there's one thing that we've proven with the Chiefs is that we have an incredible string of tight end talent. There weren't that many years between Tony Gonzalez and uh, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, it is kind of strange how certain teams always seem to have good position groups. Mm-hmm. It seems like the Chiefs always have dominant tight ends and running backs. Yeah. But hey, now finally we got the quarterback. No more running back. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, are you ready to move to some around the NFL stuff? We danced around it a little bit already. Sure. Um, we don't have a tremendous amount of time. Uh, how do we? How do you want to do this? Do you want to go division by division, or do you just want to pick out some teams you think are you know good? Uh, let's just speak from the heart here. Um, you got any? I know your big thing is to find teams everyone thinks is good and reveal that in fact they are bad. Yes. Frauds. Yes. Any now frauds secret out there. We're a little past prime, you know, fraud season. Mm-hmm. October is what I like to call pumpkin month because mm-hmm. that's when the teams turn back into a pumpkin. Mm, that works on two levels. It does. Yeah. Um, and this is this has been a weird year because normally there's so many kind of front running teams that have a bunch of wins but aren't that good. Mm-hmm. Um, this year it feels like it's the opposite. Where like every team that like can be exposed has been exposed. Mm-hmm. There's so many teams that like. People thought would be good, especially the NFC, um, that just look real bad, like the Bucks and the Rams and the Packers. Oh man! So there's there's very few frauds to expose this year. Yeah, it really feels like outside of the Chiefs and Bills, I cannot tell you who a good team is, like consistently good team. And the NFC is just a mess. Yeah. Well, the what's crystallized I've seen across the NFL, you know, landscape and coverage is um, it's kind of the trifecta at the top. It's the Bills, it's the Chiefs, it's the Eagles. And then there's a big gap, and then there's another kind of tier break in there. And the Eagles are there because they're undefeated. And they're in the NFC. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still think there's a bit of gap between the Chiefs and the Bills and the Eagles, um, but it's a bit of a hair splitting. I think if you wanted to get real, real goosey, you could call the Eagles frauds just based on like second half regression. Okay, here's the thing, though. Go look at their schedule. They're going to win almost all of their games. They have the easiest schedule. They're going to coast that first spot? So there's there's not anyone to expose them. Um, yeah, they're, they're going to coast all the way there. I will say, I feel like they're a prime candidate to get sniped early. Yeah. It feels like, like that Lamar Jackson MVP season Ravens team yeah. where they were just dominant all throughout the season and they got picked off early. I feel like I just... I'm not sold completely on Jalen Hurts Mm -hmm. as being like a star quarterback. I feel like they're going to get to the playoffs and he might, um, he might have a rough game and that ends up doing him in. I feel like you might have one of these like veteran teams that, you know, as as cliche as it is to say, they've been there. They know how to conduct themselves in the playoffs. Like either a Bucks or a Packers or a Rams come in and knock them off. And it could be any, any of those teams because if they make the playoffs, they probably will not be highly seeded. Mm-hmm. Okay, why don't we do this? Why don't we go both conferences and let's just pick the teams we think are actually good. Okay. That's pretty easy because there's not a ton this year. No. Um, start with the AFC? Yes. Uh, so the first two are obvious. Uh, it's the Chiefs, it's the Bills. Who do you think is the better team right now? Bills. I, I'd have to agree with that. Now, the key part of your question was right now. Because mm-hmm. I really do think Love the Chiefs the have the better trajectory. Yeah, could end up in a better spot in the playoffs. And let me say this for everyone in the back: the Chief, the Bills still have not beat the Chiefs in the playoffs. It's very true. Zero and two. Yeah, could make it zero and three this year. Forget that. Yeah, 
Um, I agree. I think the Chiefs, especially their wide receiver core and their offensive line melding a little bit better, I think uh, could be better. I think the defense is going to get better too because they're so young. Yeah, and we're just now, just now, getting Trent McDuffie back. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited about the Chiefs' pro, uh, projection here. So it's the Chiefs with the Bills fighting for the one spot. Um, just kind of going off of record here. Or maybe I'll throw it back to you. Who do you think is the third best team in the AFC? Well, you know, if you start the year, the answer is the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Man, they, you know, it's been a volatile year for anyone who's not the Chiefs and Bills, and sometimes even for the Chiefs. Uh, but I feel like what we've seen out of the Bengals cannot be explained just by volatility. Like, I think there are... There is regression. There are holes in the roster that are being exposed, or coaching gap that's being exposed right now. Um, they're a different team without Jamar Chase. Oh, Compl- and I know you know people have said that about the Chiefs with Tyree Hill, but I think that's proven that's not necessarily the case. The Bengals are a different team without the Joe Burrow Jamar Chase connection. And what's strange is they have an, a lot of offensive talent outside of Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. They have guys there, but their whole offense is just like. More than any team in the league, almost was predicated on one guy. Yeah. Um, and without that one guy, nothing works, and they just got completely exposed against the Browns. Yeah, and let's let's be very clear: they did not fix the offensive line. No, really no. didn't. No, they they played a, a pair of really bad secondaries, and everyone thought, "Oh, they're kind of fixed things." No, yeah. they have one way to win. If they can't win that way, they've not shown that they're able to win any other way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, the Bengals, I, I projected them to miss the playoffs. I'm going to stick with that. I think yeah. they're going to have a rough skid here without Jamar Chase. Um, that said, I feel like the other, like you can just go ahead and write off the entire AFC South. Just, I, I'm sorry. Okay. With the exception of our esteemed opponents this week, the pretty garbage. Texans, garbage. Yeah. Jags, garbage. Colts, hot garbage. Pretty garbage. No, no, um, no, very garbage. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. The Colts, they're, they're in a rough way. Um, turns out quarterbacks aren't important. Uh, the Titans, I think, are the only team to even really concern yourself with in that yeah, division. I think they're going to be able to rise to the level of competence, and that's it. Yeah. I don't see them making a lot of noise. The they're always better than you think they should be. I think Mike Rabel's a really good coach. Yeah, that's true. And they're kind of a big game hunter where it seems like they always play good teams really tough. Mm-hmm. So... Not definitely don't overlook them this week. I don't think they're a great team, though. I don't think they're as good as uh, Texans teams of years past. Uh, the AFC East, I mean, the Bills are good. The Jets are going to maybe limp their way into the playoff spot. Maybe um, I, I called the Bill. I called I called the Jets and the Giants frauds last week. Um, so goodbye that they lost both their games. Zach Wilson, he he kind of stinks. He's he's very bad. Yeah, we we can at least say with some confidence, Danny Dimes is better than Zach Wilson. Cool. That's tallest midget yeah. situation there, but yeah. Um, the so I feel like the the other like the answer to your who's good besides the Chiefs and Bills is going to come from the AFC North. I think it's going to be the Ravens. I actually feel like this is just to my eye the most complete that Lamar Jackson has looked as a player this year or as in his career. I feel like he's actually, if you can say it, learning how to pass finally, yeah, or learn how to rely on his arm. Uh, the shame of it is that his only viable receiving option, they traded away in the offseason in Hollywood Brown. And now Rashad Bateman's hurt. He's out for the year. So, yeah, it's it's a banged up Mark Andrews and, I don't know, Devin DuVernay mm-hmm. and <laughs> Demarcus Robinson. Yeah. That's the receiving core. 
actually pretty hilarious. I feel like that, like the the Ravens treat wide receiver about like the Chiefs used to treat corners, where it's like, I don't know, we'll pick one out of undrafted free agency. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think the Ravens will run that division. Um, the Browns are still a bit of a mess. Uh, don't believe in the Bengals. Steelers are bad. We're going to finish under 500 this year. Uh, so I think they're the best team. My problem with the Ravens, their defense sucks. Kind of does, doesn't it? it? It sucks, and it cannot close out games for the life of them. They keep blowing these huge leads. Now, they did just trade forward Rick Smith, but I don't think that really addresses their problem. No. No, I don't think so either. So, yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I feel like the Ravens aren't as good as they have been in the past years either, but mm-hmm. still probably going to win that division. Now, you've skipped over a couple of teams in the AFC East that I think we need to talk about at least. Um, first of all, I think the Patriots suck. Would you agree? Oh, yes, I did. Yeah. Okay, so we, we both agree on that. Um, maybe the most interesting team in terms of, like, are they good or not, uh, what do you think about the Dolphins? Man, um, I could I could see them going either way. I could see them being a solid, playoff-ready team and make some, some serious noise, maybe beat the AFC Championship game. Or I could see the wheels coming off in the second half. Yeah. I really could. Um and it's it's all you know, as to uh, go goes so go the rest of the Dolphins. Uh, I've heard the defense is good. I, I haven't watched many Dolphins games, so I can't really tell. He threw about five dropped interceptions the other night. Yeah, which is concerning to me. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I I get concerned about whenever teams start to actually specifically game plan for Tua. Yeah. Well, and the their offense feels not completely sustainable to me. Mm-hmm. They have crazy talent on offense, obviously, but I I don't know when you know a defense really schemes them up. Are they going to be able to you know keep having offensive output? I'm not sure. Does it feel like teams don't play Tyreek Hill on the Dolphins the same way they played Tyreek Hill on the Chiefs? I don't think they do because the quarterback is different. Yeah, Although they really fair. should be because like Tyreek, like he's on track to set like crazy yeah. records. His whole thing is he's going to get so open that you cannot cut. Like, it does not matter where the throw is. He's going to catch it. Yeah. And if you've got a noodle arm, you can still do that as well as if you're Patrick Mahomes. And he's getting fed the ball even more than I think he was in Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like that trade's working out for both teams, uh, it's surprisingly. Odd. It's odd. Um, can we just say really quickly, the Chiefs were, of the teams that traded away their star receiver, the Chiefs are the only team that did not seem to see that big an impact. Oh, it's it's unquestioned. I mean, they're the only team that you feel like isn't like regretting it right now. Of like the Ravens, the Packers, oh and the gosh, Raiders. The Packers. Yeah. And the who else was it? That was mostly it. Yeah, maybe so. Well, I, I guess I was I was lumping the Bengals in there whenever they lost Jamar Chase. Oh um, yeah. These teams without star wide receivers, the Chiefs are the only one that seemed to really figure it out. Really shouldn't come as a surprise. A uh, team that's coached by Andy Reid knows how to play with uh, players, even if they're not the most talented. Yeah, you think? Yeah. Um, so I feel like the the Chiefs and the Bills just feel like they're so much higher than any of those other teams. I feel like they're either going to meet in the divisional round or the championship again. Yeah, it feels inevitable. Um, that's kind of why I want to at least get that second seed, if not the first seed. Mm-hmm. So this game against the Texans or the Titans is like weirdly important. Yeah, in that regard. Um, out of all those teams that we discussed, aside from the Chiefs and Bills, is there like a third team that you see kind of rounding into form and being a threat later on in the year? I think it's the Ravens, but 
I was actually just thinking about this in terms of glossing over teams. If you'd gone back to the start of the season and said who are the top five teams in the AFC, this team almost certainly would have made it. Now no one's thinking about them. Do you know who they are? I have no idea. Los Angeles Chargers. What would happen to the Chargers? Mm. They were supposed to be good this year. They were supposed to at least push the Chiefs for the AFC West and make some noise in the playoffs. And now, like, I don't even see them making the playoffs. Yeah, the Chargers just really, like, leaning into the stereotype this year in all the most typical ways. <laughs> uh, their run defense is atrocious. Um, turns out that actually is kind of important. And they're playing the Falcons this week, who have a really good running game. I think they're going to lose again. Yeah. So. Uh, so we got just a little bit of time left. Do you want to try to cover some NFC or leave that for another week? Uh, let's leave the bulk of it for next week. Okay. But I thought as maybe just an exercise, give me your top three teams from the NFC. Mm, boy. Okay. Well, yeah, by default, the Eagles. Uh, I think the Cowboys. Eagles and Cowboys. And then the third one. Uh, Niners based on the fact that they added Christian McCaffrey. Hmm. That's what I got. Okay. The, the uh, NFC South, you can you can go ahead and write all of them off. The NFC South looks so AFC, bad. The NFC North, you can go ahead and write all of them off. And yes, that includes the Vikings. Wow. All right. Okay, my top three. Um, number one is the Eagles. I have to give it to them, even though I don't think they're quite in that Bills Chiefs tier. I still think they're the best also, team. Also, they remind me kind of the Chiefs from a couple of years ago where it's like, oh, they're new and they're fun to watch. Yeah. They're very well-rounded, if nothing yeah. else. Yeah. And their schedule super soft. Mm-hmm. So they're going to get that top seed, I think. I I just have a really hard time trusting the Cowboys. Maybe it's just like scar tissue. I just – that's a team. It's a coach. I just don't trust them. That's warranted. I think, I think they've earned that. So for my number two team, I'm actually going to pick the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this – it's just shaping up like they're always going to be this team. Um, the way they're constructed right now. I think adding Christian McCaffrey is going to make that offense just go insane. Um, so I'm, I'm really high on them. I think their defense, despite what the Chiefs did to them, are is super good. Uh, for my number three, uh, this one's going to be weird, but I'm actually going to pick the Vikings. Um, I don't really have anything to back it up with, aside from I just really don't trust the Cowboys. And I think the Vikings, while maybe not as good as the record – are still pretty good, and in a bad NFC, I think they're the third best team. Would you like to hear a spicy take? Sure. I think the Packers will finish with a better record than the Vikings. Oh, disagree. I would. Uh, I would bet money on that. I told you it was spicy. the The Packers' flaws are not something that's easily fixed. Be careful, it's spicy. It's spicy. No, the Packers suck, man. They're just bad. They're a bad team. I know that is true when you look at the product on the field, but I feel like the pieces are there. I feel like they've got some quality receivers. They've got Aaron Rodgers, which should make a difference. I feel like they've still got some talent on defense. They should have gotten Chase Claypool. That's for sure. That should have happened. They should have outbid the Bears because that would have made a difference in the season. I don't know. I'll see it when I believe it. Mm-hmm. They've had a lot of chances to get right, and they haven't yet. Yeah. Um, also, just okay. one last take, and then we got to go. Uh, you were totally right about the Rams. The Rams are like the most hungover Super Bowl team of all time. They are so bad right Is now. Is that my take? Yeah. I yeah. thought they would be good again. Um, but no, they, they suck right now. Uh-huh. Um, now you can't... And they, did you hear they were trying to trade two first-round picks for Ryan Burns? Part of me doesn't believe that. And part of me thinks everybody involved in the Rams right now, 
outside of the owner knows they're not going to be there in a couple of years and it's just mm-hmm. going crazy. I just I feel like Sean McVay, whoever their GM is, they all kind of know like this is just a stepping stone to their next gig. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels like they're acting that way. So yeah, the Rams suck though, and Cooper Cup's kind of banged up, which like goodness, if anything happens to him, they're completely sunk. But yeah, they suck. Yeah. RIP Rams. 2021 to 2021. All right. I think that's all we got for tonight. Um, uh, score prediction for the game. Oh, boy. Um, Chiefs 34, Titans 21. I'm going to go Chiefs 27, Titans 21. A little bit, a little, a little more slow scoring, but I think they keep it close. Be a good game. We're going to send a night. Get Chris Collinsworth. Slide in. Be glorious. Go Chiefs. Go Chiefs! Thanks for listening to another episode of Chiefs Bros. Subscribe to the show on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Chiefs Bros. We'll talk to you later.